I mean, I think it's related, right? Did y'all, did y'all say? Um, this is, that's, I thought that was a really good scene. Um, he starts calling them maggots all of a sudden. It's pretty funny. Um, but again, thank y'all for being here. We're very honored. Um, and, and as as uh, I'm, I'm not about to say anything in the next moment or two, uh, the next this next part that you probably, um, I mean, most of y'all know, but maybe you don't know the exact numbers. But on September the 1st, 2001, the United States of America suffered the worst terrorist attack in our history. 2,750 people were killed in New York as a result of the World Trade Center being hit by suicide airstrikes. 184 were killed at the Pentagon. 40 were killed in Pennsylvania after a heroic effort to stop the hijacker. 415 were emergency workers in New York City who responded to the World Trade Center. This included 343 firefighters, including a chaplain and two paramedics of the New York City Fire Department, 37 police officers of Port Authority in New York and New Jersey Police Department, 23 police officers of the New York City Police Department, eight emergency medical technicians and paramedics from private emergency medical services, three New York State Court officers, one patrolman from New York Fire Patrol, one special agent from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And so we honor those people and the current, and those of you who already recognize this morning and many others in our area, the law enforcement, the EMS, and the fire rescue. All right, we salute you guys, and we're glad that y'all are here today. And while we want to honor uh, you all and, and the ones who aren't here, we are in the house of God, amen? Um, and, and there's a particular one who also had these, these ideas of service, sacrifice, and selflessness that our first responders have, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? So, and may we never forget. And so our... Our um, central statement is, is on the screen there. Just like our first responders, may we never forget the service, the sacrifice, and the selflessness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jimmy will be out of here by one, okay? All right. I missed you last week. Amen. I was, amen. There you go. Yeah, you gave me a good amen. All right. Unless you're saying amen because I'll be done. You want me earlier than that? Okay. All right. Um, so number one, service. See, um, I believe we pretty much everyone wants to be the lead dog, right? Everyone wants to be first. From when you're in growing up in school and you and you race each other to you know to the to the monkey bars or something, you want to be first. Everyone wants to be first. You want to be the lead dog, the the one in charge, running the show, right? Um, and, and the thing is, some people who want to lead don't really want to get their hands dirty, right? Um, and, and just because someone's loud doesn't make them a leader, right? See, captains. My, my best captains on my basketball team, and I refer to basketball a lot, uh, my 20 years of coaching and 11 years here at Hamilton, but even from the first year that I coached 26 years ago, my best player was my hardest worker. You know how, you know how, uh, how great of an impact that was on that team? Oh, we were good <laughs> because he was the best player, and the best player was the hardest worker. No one's going to outwork him. And from that first year, I, I used that for the rest of my career. If somebody want to be a captain, they better be first two or three uh, in, when, we're running, when we're running suicide sprints, all right? Uh, because you can't be a leader in good, in good times and then not be one when, you, when you're having to run, even if for punishment, even if for somebody else who was tardy, right? Uh, which we did that as well. See, uh, but what about those people? And how about a shout out to those people who strap up their boots and go to work? See, as old as the country uh, band Alabama saying many years ago, they are people in this country who work hard every day. But not for fame or fortune do they strive, but the fruits of their labor and are worth more than their pay. And it's time for a few of them were recognized. 
Hello, Detroit auto workers. Let me thank you for your time. You work a 40-hour week for a living, just ascending on down the line. Hello, Pittsburgh steel mill worker. Let me thank you for your time. You work a 40-hour week for a living, just ascending on down the line. I'm not going to read the rest of the song, and um, you better thank God right now that I'm not going to sing it. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. I got my I got my comedy. I got my, see. I don't have an amen corner. I have a I have like an oh me corner. I have like a I have a a, a comedy corner over here. Um, here here's the thing about about service about servanthood, if you will. There has to be a willingness to serve and a will to work. Would you agree with that? Be willing to serve. All right. So the heart, the attitude, and then a will to actually get the job done. See, first responders have that, and we can sit and talk about. Uh, how we're so willing to help others, but it's a whole lot different thing to actually do it. Okay? Uh, and we talked earlier about lead dogs. Well, uh, let me let me share with you a passage, and there's going to be three different passages. They don't have a central one today. I have three different ones, and so it, you can read in your in your own Bible if you want. But if not, the screen it'll be up on the screen because Miss Rhonda's awesome, uh, and Mr. Lawrence is awesome in singing, and um, the ladies taking care of everything, and everybody helping Sally. Mark 10 verses 35 to 45. It'll be up on the screen. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you, which is not probably a great way to start a conversation, right? Okay, what if, you, what if your students did that to you, Dana, tomorrow? Right. Okay, um, what do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him, Allow us to sit at your right and at your left in your glory. <laughs> this is a little bit of a large request, wouldn't you agree? All right, uh, Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We are able, they told him. A little cocky, maybe, a little confident. Um, sounds like Peter, a little bit. Jesus said to him, you will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right hand or left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. We'll talk about that in a moment. Jesus called them over and said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, guess what? Uh, James and John weren't the only ones thinking that. Okay, you catch that there. You know, uh, that other, other disciples were mad at them. Yeah, that's because they didn't ask first. You know, right? They're like, oh man, no, I should ask. <clears throat> See, according to the witnesses in in New York, I watched a um, a video by a guy named Scott Strauss, um, and I'll refer to him uh, throughout the rest of the service today, the rest of the sermon. Um, and, and according to witnesses in New York during 9/11, it wasn't just the first responders who were helping. Uh, it was, quote, everyday citizens helping others, end quote. Um, and you heard President Bush mention that, you know, the, the caring, the disabled uh, body, the disabled person, uh, like 60-something floors, right, in that song. See, Scott Straw said, it didn't matter what you look like, what you did for a living, who you were, nothing mattered. It's about helping people. And, and hearing the testimony of Strauss, and I wish I could play some of it for you, but don't have the time, but uh, it was tough because he talked about how hard it was in the rubble and, and all to even take a step. Like, we, you know, we weren't there. I don't think anybody was. I, I wasn't, you know, but um, we just, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around something that we're not actually there to see, you know, and there to witness. And uh, we see it on TV, and that's one thing. But uh, Scott Strauss said it was very treacherous. 
walking on the rubble. Um, he said people would sprain ankles um, and even break legs while just walking on the rubble to try to help and find people. See, here's the thing. They, they did it anyway. They did it anyway. See, service and servanthood is not easy, but we should do it anyway. Amen? I like how Tony Evans says, it says, serving was never a threat to Jesus because he never lost sight of who he was. He knew his position with the Father. Similarly, when you know who you are, a son or daughter of God, rendering service won't be a problem. It's when you don't know who you are that serving becomes a problem. When you are unsure of your identity, you'll fear that serving is beneath you, that you'll somehow be taken advantage of if you serve. So you find your identity and your purpose in Christ, and it will be natural for you to serve. It will just be what you do as a follower of Christ. We serve people. See, Jesus turns things around in his kingdom. He, he said that he didn't come to be served like all the other kings and before him and after him, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen? Praise him. And by the way, Jesus' words did come true, like we're not surprised about. James and John would end up suffering for Christ after all. Okay? Uh, James was the first apostle to be martyred. You can see that in Acts chapter 12. And according to tradition, John was never martyred, though he survived an attempted murder by immersion in a vat of boiling oil. Uh, you ever just got a little bit of oil on you when you're cooking? Anyway, you know, can imagine. David Gusick said, Real ministry is done for the benefit of those ministered to not for the benefit of the minister. Many people are in the ministry for what they can receive, either materially or emotionally, from their people instead of what, instead of for what they can give. But see, I, I, I'm so thankful for first responders because I know that's not their attitude. Right? Their, their attitude is one of service, right? putting others before themselves. During the American Civil War, General George B. McClellan was put in charge of the great army of the Potomac, mainly because public opinion was on his side. He fancied himself to be a great military leader and enjoyed hearing the people call him a young Napoleon. However, his performance was less than sensational. President Lincoln commissioned him general-in-chief and hoping this would get some action, but still he procrastinated. One evening, Lincoln and two of his staff members went to visit McClellan only to learn that he was at a wedding. The three men sat down to wait, and an hour later, the general arrived home. Without paying any attention to the president, McClellan went upstairs and did not return. Half an hour later, Lincoln sent the servant to tell McClellan that the men were waiting. The servant came back to report McClellan had gone to bed. True story. His associates angry, Lincoln merely got up and led the way home. This is no time to be making points of etiquette and personal dignity, the president explained. I would hold McClellan's horse if he will only bring us success. The attitude of humility was what helped to make Lincoln a great man and a great president. He was not thinking of himself. He was thinking of serving others. What a great story. And I would like to add that the pattern of true greatness since time began in the Bible has been one where uh, to first be a servant and then God promotes him to, to higher positions. Consider Joseph and all he went through and being sold by his brothers and Potiphar and then he becomes one of the, like the second highest person in the land or Moses Right? And him having his time and then coming back or Joshua and David and even Jesus himself. See, it's in the very nature of first responders to serve. That's why they do their job. If you look at, if you look for mission statements online for any of those services, you'll see a lot of the same stuff. All right? Protect and serve, right? Protect and serve from law enforcement. 
e EMS. There's one from EMS I saw, and this is actually Hamlin County's one. It says, um, we will do this with the professionalism expected from the, uh, from those, for those we serve in a way that exemplifies setting the standard of care. Right, the way we serve. And think of fire and rescue, and, and, and they're all about the same idea of serving. So may we, may we never forget their service and the service of Christ. Amen. Mark 1, 29-32, look at, look at the example of Jesus. This is just one example of many times where Jesus was literally serving others. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went into Simon and, Peter and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So they went to her took her by the hand and raised her up. The fever left her and she began to serve them. When evening came after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. See, we've been doing Mark for about 27 weeks right now. And this this one we did many, many weeks ago. But we, we let that idea, man, Jesus was so tired. But he just kept he just kept helping people. He kept serving people. He kept healing people. Because that's what he does. That's what he continues to do. Just like our first responders, may we never forget the service, the sacrifice, and selflessness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. I, I, read it, I read more of it earlier today, right, but that's okay if you weren't here. We're going to read four key verses from it. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. So number two, sacrifice. True sacrifice has always been something that we've honored in this world. Amen. And we, we look at it and say, this is you know that what what an awesome thing. I mean, even small um, examples of, of sacrifice are is like calls for like you know uh, praise. Like, wow, that's awesome. Um, and, and I can I'm not going to tell you the, the whole story, but um, when when Joseph Cooks passed away and uh, one of our uh, basketball players and former students um, in, in in 2013 14 that was a that was a tough time. And um, that Friday night, we had the viewing. And then we had the viewing at Old High School. And we were going to play Columbia that night at Columbia, which is a big rivalry. I have no idea why a school, an uh, 8A school was one of our rivals. But anyway, um, and, and um, we, we were, that night, I was supposed to get J.C.'s old jersey, uh, number 12, and let Aaron, his brother, wear it. Um, I left the jersey with all the change of going to, we went to the, high school, old high school first, and then we went to Columbia, and I, I left it, uh, and, and I felt awful, and I didn't realize I didn't have it till right before game time, and I'm like, where's your, where's your jersey, and, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I was supposed to get it, and I didn't, and so um, I told Aaron, I said, son, I'm, I'm sorry, and this is the first game after JC had uh, passed away, and so it was, a, it was a very emotional time, and, and Aaron, his brother, was uh, obviously very emotional. He wanted to honor his brother. He wanted to wear his jersey. He wanted to play against Columbia. Um, but I said, son, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have your jersey, and we don't have time to go back and get it. You know, even if you go get it and come back, it's going to be the second half. I mean, you know, it's so. Jakari Washington starts taking off his jersey. All right, and he says, he can have mine, coach. He can wear mine. All right, and that's we look at that. It's like, okay, big deal. Jakari didn't play a whole lot, right? Uh, he was a football player, just wanted to play basketball with his friends, you know. But that that was typical of that team and, and the sacrifice. So he let Aaron wear his jersey that night, and he sat on the bench and rooted for him. See, sacrifice, even small 
thoughts like that are, you know, it's like, wow, what a cool story. See, the whole idea of one person giving up something for someone else is appealing, is it not? It's, it's like, wow. Uh, but while it may sound good, it's a lot easier said than done. All right, Papa, my, my dad's dad, I'm reminded, I've said this, I've shared this story before on other, in other sermons, but uh, Papa told me about the time where he, when he was in war and it was time for, you know, for him to go back home. You know, it, it was his turn to go back home. Um, and he gave up his spot to go back home to somebody else because that somebody else had a wife and kid at the house. Right? And, he wa- and he stayed, um, you know, away from home for another couple months because of that. So the sacrifice. Second Corinthians 8, verses 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich for your sake, for our sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. See, we... We, we read passages like Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and that right there, and we just kind of read it sometimes, and we keep reading. But um, just think for a moment what Jesus gave up. He left his throne above in heaven. And like not even Lord of the Rings or any of those movies can really kind of like really show how awesome that must be. Amen. <laughs> like a sea of glass, I don't even know. Like see, I don't get, I, it's amazing. But he left his throne in heaven to come to our world to be born in the most humble, humble of ways in a feeding trough for animals, right? He could, have, he could have been born somewhere else, right? Here to serve others. He served others on this world, on this planet, and ultimately gave his life for us. And what's more, he didn't just give us life. He gave it in the, like the most deplorable of ways, on a cross, See, the ESV study Bible gives us a little more detail, and I, I actually mentioned some of this a couple weeks ago, but crucifixion was not simply a convenient way of executing prisoners. It was the ultimate indignity, a public statement by Rome that the crucified one was beyond contempt. The excruciating physical pain was magnified by the degradation and humiliation. No other form of death, no matter how prolonged or physically agonizing, could match crucifixion as an absolute destruction of the person. It was the ultimate counterpoint to the divine majesty of the preexistent Christ, and thus was the ultimate expression of Christ's obedience to the Father. Scott Strauss mentioned, and you also heard uh, President Bush in the song say a similar thing, but Scott Strauss is quoted saying, how can I go home to my wife and kids and leave him there? He was, he was there for hours trying to help this man, trying to pull him from a rubble when he couldn't get to him. And he says, he's tired. But he's like, how can I leave him and go to my wife and kids? The sacrifice. See, think of the sacrifices of our first responders. And we joked a little bit earlier, you know, Jimmy's, be, Jimmy's being on, the, on call a little bit different, you know. And we picked a little bit, but in all seriousness, if something happens and a first responder is needed, they go. doesn't matter what they're doing. doesn't matter if they're at a, at a birthday, family event, something. It doesn't matter. They have to go. Amen? So we... We honor you guys, and, and may we never forget their sacrifice and the sacrifice of Christ. I want to look at Hebrews 12, 2 before we go to the next point, speaking of Christ. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? See, just like our first responders, may we never forget the service, sacrifice, and selflessness of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will be done by 1 o'clock, Jimmy. Amen. Amen. John 13, 1 through 16. Let's read a very uh, very powerful um, scripture here. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart 
from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. Boy, that's good to know, isn't it? To love them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Ugly, nasty, dirty feet, by the way, because that's all he did. They walked everywhere, all right, in sandals or barefoot, right? And to dry them with a towel tied around him. So he came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Because this was a servant's job. Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. God bless Peter's heart. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who has has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. Speaking to Judas. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. What a powerful story. See, I, um, selflessness, number three. I, I love the attitude of Strauss, and it made me cry when I, I know my soft thing anyway, but uh, he made a comment. I'm not, because they asked him, they were interviewing him, says, well, what, you know, what do you think about being a hero? You know, all you did, because he helped a lot of people, pulling people from the rubble. And he said, I'm not a hero. I work with heroes. Isn't that not just the perfect answer for first responders? <laughs> like, I'm not a hero. I work with heroes. And I get, I'm, I'm guessing many first responders would feel the same way. See, this act of washing one's feet was considered a task so low it could only be, form, be performed by non-Jewish slaves. Like, not even, not even Jewish slaves can do that. Just non-Jewish slaves is the only ones who can do the whole washing of feet. And again, in the culture where people walk long distances on dusty roads and sandals, that was a pretty big deal. And as, as I alluded earlier today, we in America have it twisted. We want to be the greatest, but, but what does Jesus do? He turns everything upside down. Amen? Turns everything upside down. First responders have to put others above themselves and maybe even put themselves in harm's way. You think of law enforcement who literally would take a bullet for you. Thank you. And, and Jesus will go even further. We'll look at that in just a moment. But that's just what they do. Scott Strauss kind of ends his, his video saying, I will do it again tomorrow if I have to. I will do it again tomorrow if I have to. Then he added this, just like everyone else who are in my position. May we never forget their selflessness and the selflessness of Christ who literally went further and gave his life to people who would spit on him and cuss him and be angry at him all the time. Maybe that's you. I don't know. Romans 5.8 says, But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So just like our first responders, may we never forget the service, the sacrifice, and the selflessness of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw the video, and again, I hope you didn't mind uh, the um, that song. I always liked that song during that time, especially like the year after 9-11 happened, and hearing the words of, of Graham and, and Bush talking. And 
Well, I saw something else. I was on Instagram, so I couldn't I couldn't put it up. I don't know how to say that and put it on the video uh, on the screen for you. But so let me just read to you um, this. It said, "Just days after the worst terrorist attack on American soil, former President George Bush visited Ground Zero. He stood with rescue workers, police officers, and firefighters on top of what was once two busy." Um, 110-story Ten Towers. Bush can be heard yelling to the people of New York and the world through a bullhorn. And you can find this, by the way, if, you, if you've never seen this. I want you all to know that America today, America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here, for the workers who work here, for the families who mourn. This nation stands for the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. Rescue workers yelled back, We can't hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you, replied Bush, and the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. People of the crowd start to cheer, USA, USA, USA. And then Bush concludes with this, The nation sends us love and compassion to everybody who is here. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for making the nation proud. And may God bless America. I'm going to ask uh, Sally and Mr. Loris to come up. What an awesome thing at that time that our country's leader was on ground zero himself. See, Jesus did a similar thing, right? He, Jesus came flesh and blood and lived among us. And we rejected him. And the, what, what really stands out for me about this is that our country's leader heard and saw them. He said, we can't hear you. but we. He said, but we, I can hear you. I can hear you. See, the th thing is, is God hears us and God sees us. Amen? May He hear and see us serve, sacrifice, and be selfless just as the Son Jesus did. But by the way, before we close, maybe, maybe you, you never come to a point in your life where you accepted what Jesus did on the cross as counting for you. See, that's what salvation is. I don't know how many, I don't know where, all, where you go to church or anything and what you heard growing up, but salvation is simply saying, I can't make it to heaven on my own. I'm a sinner. But Jesus died on the cross for me. And what he did on the cross, that counts for me. That's salvation. So if you've never made that decision, I pray that you will because God sees you. God hears you. And he knows that at one time we were all servants of sin. John 8, 34 says, Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Last time I checked, that includes everybody. But you don't have to be that anymore. We talk about freedom in this country, and this right here is awesome. Look at two verses later, John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. See, we're very grateful and thankful that we have freedom in America, but I'm so much more grateful for the spiritual freedom I have in Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you have not made that decision today, altar's open, we'll be around, come talk to me, come see somebody else, we'll be glad to talk to you. Thank you all for being here. I want to ask Sally to come lead us in the song.